Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing you think that you need. Every little thing that's just feeding your greed. Oh, I bet that you'd be fine without it. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Minimalist Podcast, where we discuss what it means to live a meaningful life with less. My name is Joshua Fields Milburn. And I am Ryan Nicodemus. And I'm back, baby. <laughs> Together, we are the Minimalists. Yes, we are. Today, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of positive thinking with our returning champion, TK Coleman. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You're the first person to be on this podcast four times. Well, besides so, me and Ryan. Right. Ryan, you've been on here four times. At least, you? yeah. <laughs> so, so I'm aiming to be the MJ. Michael Jordan for our listeners of this podcast. Uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to make that now, right? Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> he's he's going to like insert, I may need to be LeBron James. Uh. <laughs> no, so I'm going to appear six times and then I'm going to retire from all podcasts. I think it's a genius idea, man. Now, do you think you'll for, foul for, me before the, at the end? <laughs> yeah, the I'm, I'm going to push you off for the last oh, answer to the last question. All right, today we're going to talk about... No, nobody gets that at all. <laughs> Just edit all that out. We're going to talk about positive thinking uh, with TK Coleman. You can check out his podcast. It's called Office Hours. Also, tkcoleman.com is his website. Discover Praxis is his business. Discoverpraxis.com. Our first question is from Shania in Bangor, Maine. I'm 21 and I find it really hard not to compare myself to people that are 27, 28 or much older and their successes. Um, and I find it really hard to stay in a constant state of motivation as I feel like everyone else is around me. Um, and I feel like my mental health really affects that, even though I try not to let it. So I guess my question for you would be, what are your guys' biggest motivators? And when you're struggling mentally or just in your everyday life, how do you remind yourself of those so that you can always be motivated? Man, I, I feel like comparisons are like the biggest demotivators. Like mm -hmm. they can be, right? Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, maybe both. It, it depends. I, I try to compare myself to to like the most ideal version of myself. Mm. We actually did this backwards. We recorded the the maximal episode before this and we were talking about like if I'm just comparing myself to Jason Momoa all the time. That's a like, problem. That is going to be That's going to be very demotivating. But if I compare myself to the best version of myself, that that can mm. be inspiring. Yeah. What about motivation, TK? I I don't know if you need to feel motivated all the time. Amen. I, I I don't even know if that's a healthy thing to pursue. So yeah. I, I think I would I would like to challenge you to release yourself from whatever ideal you have going on in your mind of what a motivated person looks like and, mm -hmm. and, and feeling the need to always strive towards that. You know, when we talk about the pros and cons of positive thinking, I think w one of the cons is is it often leads to this belief that feeling unhappy or uninspired or unmotivated is a sin. And it's evidence that something is wrong with me. Mm -hmm. and, and I think developing a healthy relationship to the emotional spectrum requires you to accept that there is a broad range of feelings required to be a complete human being. Mm -hmm. And you may have moments where you don't feel motivated to pursue your goals. Well, guess what? Some of the best dreams come from a space other than feeling motivated to pursue your goals. Mm -hmm. I mean, as, as, a, as a rudimentary example, think about all the great love songs, all the great art, that has come from having your heart broken and being in this space of like, oh man, I can't believe she left me, right? Mm -hmm. or, or being in this space of like, man, I just tried to achieve this thing and 
it failed and I don't know if I have the strength to go on anymore and being in that space for a few months. There's so much great art, there's so many great dreams, there's so many great ideas that come from a space that is different from, yeah, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to be a part of the 1% and crush everything. Like you don't always need to be in that space. It's okay to be a human being. It's okay to feel something other yeah. than the inspiration necessary to do great Those work. are boring stories too, man. I just, yeah. I woke up and I started winning and then I won the next day and I just kept winning. Yeah. And now yeah. I'm just, I'm just accepted that I'm a winner. You guys yeah. I've just always we, won. We were rooting against <laughs> Golden State this year is because like, they had stacked the deck for themselves so much. Right. And while you didn't want anyone to get hurt. Um, Is that one thing that you and TK do agree on? You both well, are rooting against Golden State? I don't know what, what his thoughts were of this. <laughs> I, I was conflicted. but I was but. rooting for Kawhi because uh, he's this uh, sort of emotionless... You know, he's he's the new John Stockton, basically. <laughs> Kawhi is amazing. I, I call Toronto Raptors, it's captured on office hours. I called it preseason. They're winning the finals. Really? I called it, dude. Nice. I'm yep. calling Utah Jazz next year. I, I saw that tweet. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going to save that and repost it in the playoffs. Tell me how year. well it ages, okay? <laughs> but no, yeah, but to your point, though, it's like it's the same reason why like I root against the Patriots in football. It's like, I, okay, great. You guys want some Super Bowls. Let someone else win the Super Bowl. Right, they've had, what, uh, six with Tom Brady, something like that? I don't that? even know, man. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But that's the thing. <laughs> you, you look at that, and unless you're part of that tribe, you identify with the tribe, mm -hmm. you you can you can recognize excellence and you can appreciate that. It's the reason I really like someone like like a Tony Robbins, where you mm -hmm. like that that guy seems superhuman, um, not in the sense that he's not human, but it's like uh, human 2.0 almost, right? right? Like a, the next evolution. And you say you see that uh, athletically with someone like LeBron James. Uh, he he doesn't just have the athleticism, but he has the athletic IQ. Mm -hmm. uh, we were talking about that too. How you can't really translate that to to like sports biographies or whatever. But he 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 creates a game that isn't just physical, but it's mental, and he's able to sort of bring the two together. You can appreciate that, but also at some point. Um, it may have been the reason that I really liked Utah growing up because I was like, okay, the, okay, the Bulls, they, they, this Michael Jordan guy is like he 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 has the cheat code, right? And uh, I you, you tend to unless you're part of the tribe, like because you know, TK's from Chicago, people from the outside, I recognize his excellence, but I'm tired of this. I want the humanity. I I want. John Stockton to win a title because yeah. he's your every everyday guy from you know, Spokane, Washington. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, I, the creative process has ebbs and flows. Right. It has stages, and a part of being a part of what it means to become a great creator is being available to all the different dimensions of self that that is presented throughout those different stages. Um, all of life can't be spent at some peak state where you're like, let's go out and get them. Let's go do something. You know, um, you need moments where you are very sober and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, why do I feel so upset about that? You need moments where you're filled with passion because you observe something in the world you don't like and you say, man, that makes me mad. You need moments where you go watch a basketball game or you go mm -hmm. attend a concert. You need moments to be a great human being. Um, there's a theater professor at Western Michigan University, Joan Harrington. She said, 
the key to being a great artist or a great creator is being a great human being. And that means you have to have something else to think about, something else to devote yourself to, something else to immerse yourself in other than this thing you wanna be great at. So I know you may have goals, I know you may have dreams, and I know when you look at the people around you, you wanna feel really motivated all the time, mm -hmm. but the key to having that motiv motivation is investing in things that will generate self-knowledge. And that means just be a human being, release yourself from that. You don't have to be motivated all the time, but be curious about wherever you are yeah. and let it teach you. Be present to what you're feeling. So to, like to punctuate what you're saying, TK, like I totally agree. Because it definitely needs to be punctuated. <laughs> you, uh, you, 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 uh, you cannot be motivated 100% of the time, but that's good news. Because like you said, you can give yourself permission to like be okay with not being motivated instead yeah. of feeling like it's a sin to not be motivated. Yeah. However, I do think there are ways we can uh, kind of get this motivation going. And I, and I think uh, maybe... Like for me, there's I wrote down a few ways of what I do when I when I'm feeling like I'm like, just have no motivation at all. Really, what I kind of look for is inspiration somehow. So I can do that through a book. I can do that through a blog post. I can do it through a podcast episode. I can do that through having you know meaningful conversation with you guys. Do you want to talk about the difference between motivation and inspiration? <clears throat> yeah, we can talk about that. Go, go for it. Well, just to me, real quick, like inspiration comes from the outside. Motivation is internal. Right. And so if you're having trouble with the internal side of things, quite often it's. Where am I going to find the yeah. best inspiration? Because you can also get negatively inspired if you, you know, what's the saying? You are the sum of the five people you surround yourself right. with, yeah. right? Yeah. And if the five people you surround yourself with are demotivating, they're negative, they're going to inspire you to feel like crap. Right. I would. Wait, motivation is the internal one? Yeah. Sure? And okay. inspiration is external. And I would. I would say that like motivation, I think ha it has to start with inspiration, doesn't it? No, not necessarily. I yeah. mean, I, I think you, you can you can have someone who's close to an enlightened state where they don't require the the inspiration yeah. outside. In fact, I I think there are, there are certain people who are more self motivated than than other people, and more some people require more inspiration. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing uh, yeah. inherently good about that either. So maybe uh maybe a way maybe a different way to phrase it is um, maybe inspiration is like a not a cheat code, but it is it is one possible way to get you to be internally motivated. But I, you're right. Like motivation doesn't have to come from inspiration. Meaning, if I got a problem, I'm going to be motivated to solve it. I don't need to hear TK's take on it to solve this problem that I have in but front you, of me. But you might get motivated by TK if so. If your problem is I have a flat tire and. You go to TK and because you, you're like, I've never changed a flat tire. I don't even know what to do. And he's like, oh, yeah, I just had a flat tire last week. And here are the th three steps yeah. I did to solve that problem. You're like, okay, now I realize there's hope on the horizon. I realize yeah. there is a recipe. And so that has now inspired me. I feel more motivated because I don't feel the despair of, oh, my God, I'm never mm -hmm. going to be able to change this tire. I don't even know what to do. What is a tire? Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, when I was thinking about this question, the William Faulkner saying where he said you know only right when inspiration strikes fortunately it strikes at 9 a.m every morning and like to me like that's that's putting in the work yes. like that it, like when i think about you when i think about colin right when i think about podcast sean like you guys are i look at you guys like god i wish i was that motivated because you guys are always i feel like you put in like way more work than what than what i put into when it comes to reading when it comes to writing i mean i still put the work in but not as much and i i so i kind of get caught in thinking like oh that's because i lack the motivation but when I really look at it, it's like Colin Wright, he's right like on tour, he's riding in the back seat. It's discipline, it's not motivation exactly. at that point. Exactly. Do, but do you delineate the two, TK? Discipline and motivation? Yeah, I mean no, I, I, I think it's an ingredient to, to motivation to a certain extent, right? Because that that quote that Ryan just yeah. uh, uh, quoted there was uh, 
I think it's spot on. What he's really saying is I have the discipline to write every morning, and when even you, when I'm not motivated. And when you become disciplined, I think like the motivation actually will start to come now now it doesn't it doesn't mean that like every single morning at 9 a.m he's inspired like he might put in an hour worth of writing and like throw his hands in the air after and be like that was worthless and delete you know the 2,000 words that he wrote that day well we were talking about that on patreon like writing is noticing like ultimately Mm -hmm. that that is and and so he has to show up and notice every morning at 9 a.m and if you're noticing that will start to motivate yes. you. Yes, yeah. I really like that. All right, I'll, I'll throw one more thing in. So motivation is also contextual. Sometimes when we say, I'm having a hard time motivating myself, what that really means is there's this thing I think I should be doing. Mm. And when I try to force myself to do it, I feel really unmotivated. Mm. How can I trick myself into wanting to do this thing that I don't wanna do? And I think sometimes a good question to ask yourself in those moments is not how can I motivate myself to do X, Y, Z, but rather what am I already motivated to do in this moment, even if it's something other than what I think I ought to be doing. So you see this, for instance, in study. Um, it's, It's a fact that we can only pay attention to something for so long before we need a break, right? So maybe you're you're listening to a lecture or you're reading a book and there comes a point where you stop feeling motivated. But you've made the mental judgment that a good thing for me to do right now is to read this entire book or read this entire chapter, but your motivation's gone. Well, you can force yourself to finish, but you can also say, well, what am I motivated to do? Because what I don't like or what I don't feel inspired by is as instructional as what I do like and what I do feel inspired by. And you might find in that moment that you do feel motivated to take a walk and think about what you just mm-hmm. read. You you do feel motivated to watch a movie. You do feel motivated to call up a friend and discuss the ideas. That problem? That, it becomes a problem when, when I am motivated to just do things that pacify me. So writing is an example that Ryan brought up. But let's say like, well, I'm really feeling motivated to watch YouTube videos right now. Um, the, uh, watching a YouTube video is not inherently good or bad, but falling down that route, I, I, I tend to be more motivated by I'm motivated to eat a piece of chocolate cake as opposed to yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm motivated to do something that's healthy. Yeah. Uh, so, so one is the path of least resistance. One is, is the path of pleasure. And sure. I think we mistake pleasure with payoff. Mm-hmm. And the real payoff doesn't have a lot of pleasure always in the middle. There's drudgery, there is difficulty, there is discipline, there is habit forming. And and the real payoff though is on the other side of it. The real payoff isn't on the other side of the chocolate cake. Once you've eaten it, I don't know anyone who, who says, I'm really happy I ate a piece of chocolate sure. cake last month. Right. Sure. I'm really happy I'm eating it right now, maybe. Right. But that pleasure yeah. is so fleeting. And I think the same is true with, well, if I'm just skipping around from what motivates me to what motivates me, yeah. then I'm not actually putting in the work. So let me touch on that because I think I think you're right. And, and, and it's important that we make a distinction here. So let's say health, like eating healthy is the thing I'm not motivated to do. Okay. Um, one alternative to that would be to say, well, what do I feel motivated to do? I feel motivated to eat chocolate cake. Okay, let's do that. All right. We can agree that that's probably not a good idea, that, that there are so- some alternatives that are bad. But even then, there are a lot of people that would say, well, you might want to build in a cheat day because that can help. But let's not get into that. Sure. W- what we could say is your, your lack of motivation is still very instructional. 
And it might not be the healthiest thing for you to just try to override it with a let me trick my brain technique. Because eating healthy is a, is, a, is a thing that has a diverse range of possibilities. There's no one way to eat healthy. And if you're not motivated to eat healthy, that could be an indicator that there's some particular approach to eating healthy that you should be unmotivated by. And if you just try to force yourself to surpass that, then you're gonna miss out on the opportunity to learn an approach to eating healthy that works for you. Right. So I think whenever you feel unmotivated, you don't just override it and you don't just choose the easiest thing to do. And that's what you touched on. Don't choose the easiest thing mm -hmm. to do. What you touched on is don't just override it. Mm -hmm. But there's also this middle ground of saying, hey, maybe there is a way of eating healthy that my buddies aren't doing, but that works for me. I experienced this with working out. Most of my friends, their approach to working out, it, it, it revolves around this, I wanna be the next Dwayne Rock Johnson methodology that I just never have connected with. I'm not trying to be an action star in the movies. I'm not trying to go to the gym and impress people. Like, I need a way of doing it that works for me, right? And, 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 and when I- a different measurement too. So for you, yeah. the measurement isn't vanity muscles. Mm -hmm. It is health, right? And so, right. Or, or, and even that is nebulous, right? It's like, how do I define how it, it might be feeling good. Well, what does that even mean, right? And so getting clear on what it means, for some people, there idea of health might be, well, I, I need to have, I can't have a six pack, I need to have an eight pack of abs, right? right? And, and and so they're defining it that way. And, and they're really Shania, operating. There's an indicator there because yeah. she did say she's looking at all the other people around her. So it is very likely that her lack of motivation is stemming from this comparison based ideal of what she ought yeah. to feel motivated to do. So I think for her, it might be useful to say, well, what do you feel motivated to do? And let's look at the range of those options because I'm sure it includes more than just eating chocolate cake. Mm -hmm. And let's see what opportunities for 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 customization can be found there. Yeah, Shania, I want to give you a copy of our book, Everything That Remains. It's uh, it's a memoir, and we were actually talking about this on, on the Patreon. Like, yeah. It's a self help memoir in a way, though, right? Yeah. And so. Um, it is sort of a story of positive thinking, but not just positive thinking. Mm -hmm. Also, the actions that Ryan and I took while thinking positively, because mm -hmm. sometimes positive thinking can get in the way. But podcast, Sean, if you could reach out to, to Shania, give her a copy of the book, either the audiobook. If you like our podcast, you'll like the audiobook. Or if you want the, the book book or the ebook, we'll be happy to send those to you as well. Everything that remains, it's my favorite thing that we've ever written. Ryan, what time is it? You know what time it is. It is time for our lightning round where we answer questions from social media. Indeed, we do. We are at The Minimalists on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. TK Coleman is TK underscore Coleman on Twitter. You can tweet him there, follow him there, check out all of his pithy answers and, and correspond uh, with him. Uh, let's see. Uh, Nancy, what is she saying, Ryan? Nancy wants to know, practicing positive thinking can make it easier to feel uplifted, but... Negative thinking helps identify potential issues to prepare for. How can I balance the benefits of both? Good question. I seem to have to tread lightly with my veganism as much as anyone's political or religious views. I thought it was nice that she added that last sentence there, Ryan. Like, know, man. Yeah. It was a broad question until she got into the, the veganism thing. So my, my pithy answer is, and by the way, we, we do these tweetable answers, but you, as you know, you, you've been on here a bunch of times. We can just ramble on a little bit and then Sean will tweeze out something pithy. But my pithy answer is dogma is the enemy of understanding. Mm. And and, and really what I mean by that is when we pick an ideology and stop questioning it, that's what I mean by dogma. Mm -hmm. And whether that is a political viewpoint, I will always vote for this, uh, the person with the red tie or the blue tie. Mm -hmm. um, 
or I will always vote for, or, I, I, or veganism is it can be the same thing. We that's why we did the podcast. We had Rich Roll and Paul Saladino on here, a carnivore yeah. and a vegan together. But I don't see either one of them as having a particular dogma. Mm. They they have a philosophy, but they're also open and by the way they both have the heart of a servant and that was what was important they just get there via two different paths i don't see a dogma and and so um yeah i think we do have what did she say ryan practicing positive thinking can make it easier to feel uplifted but negative thinking helps identify potential issues to prepare for i don't think that's negative thinking I, i i think that's maybe being realistic yeah, in a way. That's actually what I was thinking about when I first read this question. Uh, my pithy answer is it's possible to prepare for the worst while having a half full glass. So it's like, yeah, you can totally have a positive attitude, a positive mental attitude. Shout out to Stan Dukes. Yeah. PMA, that was his thing. But but yeah, it's like the um, the, the the preparation for the backlash someone's going to... I mean, in her case, I mean, she brings up veganism if she's just like going on Twitter and yelling out meat is murder, like she's creating division Mm -hmm. and she's got to be aware that like, yeah, when I do this, I am going to create division. I am, you know, there's an exclusiveness that's coming along with this. It's, it's very, it's very important to consider like how your message is going to be received. Um, But you can do that and still have a positive attitude at the same time. Maybe maybe if I were to sum that up in in a tweet, the best way to proselytize is not to proselytize. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I I've said before that I I think the best way to approach positive and negative thinking is just by transcending that false dichotomy. I mean, you don't need to slap a label on the kind of thinking that you have. What really matters is is it building you up or is it tearing you down? Is it making you healthier or making you less healthy? Is it moving you in the direction that you want to go in or is it moving you in the opposite direction? Is it self nourishing and self edifying? Or is it self-defeating? And those are the those are the only questions that matter. If a mm-hmm. thought is self-defeating, it doesn't matter if you can slap a positive uh, label on it because you're negating who you are. If a thought is building you up, doesn't matter if people slap a negative label on it. It's helping you go where you want to go. So mm-hmm. think mostly about the results that matter most to you, what kind of lifestyle you want to create inwardly and outwardly and adopt the kind of thoughts that move you in that direction. And who cares if, if people say, oh, you're a negative person or you're a positive person. Are you living in alignment with your ideals? Yeah, that's what matters most. Because it's yeah. like, I mean, I think about like, uh, when you say that, I think about um, like a video game streamer, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't watch them, but I know that they exist. And let's say someone who like... Sean's daughters, he said they watch the, the streams more than they'll actually play the games now. They like just, it's, it's like their It's crazy. It's like, yeah, man, kids these days. But no, like it's like, you know, Minecraft. I know I know of the game Minecraft. I kind of know what it kind of involves. But like people, they that's what they do for a living. They sit there and they play Minecraft. Now I look at that person and I'm like, you're wasting your time. Why aren't you putting your energy into something more... Uh, you know, beneficial for society. And, and like, there's all these judgments that I have, like these, these you know, ostensible uh, judgments that I have. However, like in their world, like all they have to be worried about is, are they living up to their own expectation? It doesn't matter what I think about them. Like if they really enjoy the game Minecraft and like yeah. other people are getting value from watching them play Minecraft, then like more power to them. Um, but I mean, I think that's what you're trying to say is like, it doesn't matter what other people think about you it really matters is what, what you think about you. I'm going to give you guys a math problem. I could be getting myself in trouble. Okay, <laughs> this is but, a math podcast. I'm going to give you a math <laughs> problem. I want you to solve this for me. All right. Five plus X 
equals zero. I want you to solve for x. Five plus negative x five. equals zero. Negative five. Yeah. But that's a negative number. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. He used a negative number. Did you hear him? It <laughs> yeah. solved the equation, right? Ah. right? Yeah, yeah. Passive. Does, does it matter? Does it really matter? He solved the equation. Mm. That's all that matters. He got the answer that he needed. Yeah. Doesn't matter if it's negative or if it's positive. Like, don't get caught up with those labels. Solve the equations that matter to you in your that's, life. It's that dude, simple. That's, that's tweetable. That's good, man. All right, Chrissy. As someone... Who was raised in the JW cult? I know you put this in here for me, Millie. What, this is a as, question we got. Wait, 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 wait. What's JW cult? Uh, Jehovah's Witness cult. Okay. Uh, so, as someone who was raised in the Jehovah's Witness cult, uh, was physically, mentally, and sexually abused. How can I stay positive despite PTSD triggers? Uh, it's funny when I read this question. I looked up the difference between a cult and a religion, mm-hmm. and it's funny because, like, even like the definitions that I found, like you could look at jehovah's witnesses or a lot of other scientology a lot of other religions as cults because there are identifying Mm -hmm. but you can also look at it as religions so that's really my uh my polite way of saying like i'm not backing her statement of that j-dubs are a cult right this is her question yeah this is her question okay um you can understand why it'd be her question if she was mentally sexually oh yeah physically abused well in fact that and that is why it would be a cult to her because that is a cultish um, that's a problem with one of the cults, like basically illegal things happening that are being brushed under the rug. You and I both know people. I, I grew up Catholic, mm-hmm. uh, and you grew up Jehovah's Witness. We both know people close to us mm-hmm. who were molested by the church. Oh yeah, it, it's crazy. Like when, I, because as a Jehovah's Witness, you're not supposed to like read outside of their material. Like they have an organization, they have the, a, a, a governing body of. There's not like a specific number, but there's these gentlemen in place who put out all this information and that's the only information you're supposed to read. Now, when I started reading facts, it is mind blowing. Like how much stuff like actually does get covered up. It's crazy. Anyway, um, you want to go first? You want me to go first? Well, my, my pith answer is the exact same as it was for the previous one. And, mm. and this, I think ultimately leads to understanding is mm. dogma is the enemy of understanding. Right. And so, so one thing that, that she has to do is she now has a very narrow worldview and understandably of like, well, all Jehovah's Witnesses are bad. Mm-hmm. That's creating your own dogma because mm. you're you're going against a another dogma. Right. Um, there are some very awesome. I, I see what you're saying. Like there are some very awesome Jehovah's Witnesses out there, but in her experience, there aren't. Right. Be, yeah. Because what you're doing is you're creating a label that says other. Right. Yeah. And and, and um, man, we were having a really great race conversation a moment ago, and it was like it was sort of about like people identifying these these. Uh, this other group and saying, well, you're other and then I, I'm, I'm different from that. And I, I think that I think that you're, you're creating out of one dogma often stems a, a, se- a separate dogma. And we have to be really careful about that. But also we, we have to understand like where, how did you get to where you are, right? Mm-hmm. And an understanding of how you got where you are does help you let go. It helps you forgive and if i were to give you another pithy answer i would say letting go is the ultimate superpower because in order to but in order to let go you you ultimately have to you have to understand how you got here yeah 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 Yeah, my uh my pithy answer is this uh ptsd can be like a bad car accident you might need to seek a professional's help to mend the wounds so chrissy yeah i don't you know having a positive attitude isn't going to undo all the 
the terrible harm that has uh, happened to you. And especially if you're experiencing a lot of PTSD, like there are professionals out there who help deal with this trauma and, and to work through that trauma that you have. Uh, yeah, I, I think, and we talked about that in the maximal episode, how, Oh, just have a positive attitude. It'll fix you. Like, no, like a positive attitude is not all you need right now, Chrissy. Like you might need to really like talk to someone professionally to, to help mend these wounds. I mean, it's, and the reason why I liken it to a bad car accident is because, you know, if I was in a car accident and broke my leg, I'm not going to try and set my leg by myself. Like I'm going to go to the hospital and like have my leg fixed. I'm going to have it mended by someone who knows how to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and PTSD is, I mean, it's just, you know, instead of a physical trauma, it's mental trauma, but it's still trauma. Yeah. And, and mm-hmm. you'll do, you'll do what you can for the time being, but then ultimately you're going to go to the professional to, to help you out with right. that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, that that's a real good example too. Cause sometimes when people ask, how can I stay positive in spite of this thing that happened to me? It, it, it means like, Hey, how, what are some tips for how I can, can tough it out and not let this affect me? Mm-hmm. And then that, that, that easily slides into a sense of, um, if I allow myself to be affected by it, that means I'm weak, that means I'm a bad person, that means I'm not fulfilling my moral responsibility. Mm-hmm. And, and I just wanna say, you have the right to be affected by whatever affects you. Mm-hmm. If somebody hurt you, you have the right to be honest and say, this hurts. If it happened a long time ago, you have the right to say, and it still hurts. If you know somebody who got over there hurt faster than you, you have the right to hurt as long as it hurts for mm-hmm. you. And I would change the frame from how can I stay positive in spite of what happened to me to how can I optimize for the healthiest kind of life that I can live given what I have been through. I'm sorry that that happened to you. Your situation is, is unique to you and what you have to do is optimize for health. And that means you've got to seek out the relationships, the alliances, and the conversations that are going to help you get what you need. Mm-hmm. And uh, to follow up on, on Ryan's suggestion, I would, I would strongly encourage you to find someone uh, that you trust um, who's got the professional skill. Because coming out of cults and dealing with mental and physical abuse is an area where there are professionals who are trained and equipped with a lot of tools to help people process those experiences. And as a non-professional in that area, I would highly encourage you to at least have an initial conversation with someone who is experienced with helping others Mm -hmm. who have gone through similar things so that you can get what you need to be healthy in life. Yeah, absolutely. The one thing I will say about having a, a positive attitude in this situation for Chrissy, I guess I did think of one way that it could help her is like, the hope that we were talking about in the maximal episode. I mean, there it's okay for Chrissy to hang on to some, to some hope that things can get better if she uses, you know, the tools available to, 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 to get through this trauma that she's been through. Yeah. So there is hope Chrissy. Yeah. And that's, that's maybe the, the takeaway here with when it comes to positive thinking is don't lose hope. Yeah. Or, or even, even better find the hope. Yeah. Where is your hope? Yeah, because yeah. hope says something about your future. And when you have hope, then I feel like you can move forward accordingly. We got a bunch more surprise questions this week. What's the best way to seek critical feedback without sacrificing positive thoughts? What about people who have a hard time being positive? Isn't being positive the same thing as being delusional? Is the self-help industry just a bunch of fluff? When is it okay to wallow in sadness or anger? What's the best solution to racism? What a what a strange conversation that turned into. <laughs> and also, uh, yeah. I'm going to read a email argument with uh, with my doctor. The first line of the, his email was, 
positive thinking doesn't work. And then we'll go back and forth on that argument there. And if you want to hear all of that, you can listen to this week's Maximal episode available exclusively on Patreon. That's right. You're currently listening to our weekly Minimal episode. But each week, Ryan and I, and this week, TK and I, and Ryan and I, we recorded an entirely different, much longer, long-form Maximal episode on the Minimalist's private podcast. It's a place that gives us a space to talk about a lot of things we don't typically talk about in public. Plus, Patreon is the best way for us to fund this podcast and keep it 100% advertisement-free. When you subscribe to the Minimalist Private Podcast on Patreon, you'll also receive a personal link so that our maximal episodes play in your favorite podcast app. you also get access to our entire back catalog of more than 100 private podcast episodes. Find all the details and all the good stuff, including an additional private podcast episode every week over at theminimalists.com slash support. Ryan, what else you got for us this week? Being informed is more important than ever these days. So I just want to encourage people like I usually do to read more and get informed. And now here are some voicemail comments and tips from our listeners. My favorite part. Hi, my name is Catherine. I currently live in the Bay Area. And I was calling to comment on your episode three, which talks about children and what I do with my children that helps every um, first week of December um, with clutter. My children go through all of their toys and we wash them, we clean them, we put them in cute little bags, and then we donate them to centers around our community. And they love acting like Santa and sharing their toys and stuff. And it gives us kind of that pre-Christmas purge period. Um, also, we have we live in an RV full time, and so having that limited of space has definitely helped us with the grandparents and that kind of stuff. With they give us more experiences than stuff, since they know we just physically don't have room. Hello, Josh. Hello, Ryan. My name is Sandra, and I currently live in Zurich, Switzerland. I want to recommend a book that might hopefully bring a lot of inspiration to you and your listeners. In my profession as a designer, I have found myself often challenged with the consumption-oriented mindset of the industry, and although I work in publishing, mostly designing books, I would still find myself often wishing that I could bring more of a positive change into this world with my work, but I never really knew how. Then I found a book called The Little Red Book about how to make design matter by David Carlson, and it inspired me so much that I decided to share it with you. In my opinion, any person, designer or not, can find value in it because it encourages the reader to make their work more meaningful and it guides you with simple, inspiring examples. I really can't express enough how much this book has changed for me, has made a change for me, and how excited I now feel to make all the ideas happen. All right, y'all. Thanks again today to TK Coleman. TK, if people want to check out more of you, Office Hours Podcast, I think, is a great place to go. Where else should Mm -hmm. they go? Yeah, go to the Office Hours Podcast. Uh, I write a lot of blogs and put a lot of material out there on discoverpraxis.com and also my personal blog, tkcoleman.com. I don't blog every day, but... You know, uh, sometimes he does though, and it's like yeah. uh, I, I'm intimidated by him. I'm like, I write every day usually, but 
I don't publish something every day and all of a sudden <laughs> I'm getting stuff in my inbox. from. But I will say this to you, TK. You are one of my favorite public th- thinkers, public intellectuals, whatever you want to call it. But I really appreciate your public r- ruminations and I'm really grateful that Amen. the world has you, man. You're a good friend. You're a good person. And I'm really grateful. Thanks for, thanks for being here, man. Man, I love you guys <laughs> and I, I appreciate that. Can I get one more plug? Yeah, for yeah, sure. Dude. I want to plug an idea and a resource. Uh, I wrote a book alongside Isaac Morehouse um, called Freedom Without Permission. And there's an entire chapter that's going to take you a lot deeper than what I can cover here that I think is very apropos to our discussion on the pros and cons of positive thinking. But I I talk about two important concepts that I think are necessary to have a good discussion on this topic. One is emotional versatility. And I talk about that as a viable alternative to happiness, that the goal of life is not to be happy, but it's to be emotionally versatile. Mm. Um, And I talk about a concept that I call psychological choreography, uh, which is the ability to find your rhythm in any emotional state where I compare uh, moods to genres of music. Uh, and I and I liken happiness to those kinds of to those forms of music that we have an easy time dancing to. So, as an example, if you've ever gone to a wedding, there's always a song like YMCA or Happy by Pharrell that everybody, including your yeah. uncle who can't dance, can have a good time to. Twist because, and shout, personal yeah, fave. Yeah, <laughs> because there are certain songs that don't punish you for not having a good rhythm. Um, you can jump up and down, you can just move your body any kind of way, and you'll look totally fine. Um, happiness is like that song. When you're happy, you never pick up the phone and call up a buddy and go, hey man, I'm just feeling so good today. What do I do with these emotions? Like, you know, there's no no sense of confusion that comes with happiness because it's like a song or a genre of music that's really easy to dance to. But let's go back to the wedding and let's say you're on the dance floor and Happy by Pharrell is playing and we're all having a good time. But then the music stops and now polka comes on. Now jazz comes on. This is a genre of music that's a little bit more complex. It's harder to dance to. And so what does everybody do? Everyone kind of removes themselves from the floor because we don't know what to do when that kind of music is on because it will punish you for making the wrong move. Mm. And these are the forms of music that require a deeper understanding to know what to do because you can't just go on the dance floor and do anything to polka music. There's a certain way you have to find your rhythm Mm. in order to be able to make it work. and those are what like our non-happy emotions are like. That's what jealousy is like. That's what sadness is like. And that's why we pick up the phone and call a buddy when we feel those emotions and, and, and we respond differently than when we have happiness because we don't know how to find our rhythm in those states. Mm. And, but just like any form of music, you can learn how to dance to it. You know, and it requires a different way of moving your body, a different way of adapting to it, but you can learn. And I talk a little bit about that in that book, but I, I just want to say to anyone who's listening, I don't think the goal of life is to force yourself to be positive all the time or to force yourself to feel good all the time. The goal of life is to be fully human. It's to be fully alive. And sometimes that involves recognizing that there's a wide gamut of feelings and it's about learning how to relate harmoniously to the whole emotional spectrum and learning how to incorporate that into the creative process that is life itself. So, Remember the book one more time? Freedom Without Permission. All right, let's put a link to that in the show notes podcast, Sean. And if you send us some copies, we'll give some out on air as well. You got it. Um, oh, real quick, for right here, right now, this is where we talk about one thing that's going on in the life of the minimalists. So we, we made a decision recently that was not an easy decision to make, but sometimes we... 
we have to identify what enough is, right? We're always, as human beings, it feels like the human condition is about more, more, more. At least if it's not the, the human condition, it's the consumerist condition. Mm -hmm. and, and I need to get more. We don't even know why we're pursuing more sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so we just think the more is the goal of the thing, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, Ryan and I made a difficult decision. We're uh, capping our Patreon audience uh, at 6,000 people. Mm. And, and so you're roughly 2% of our overall listening audience. Um, and the reason we're doing that is because it's, well, it's a place where we have these sort of private discussions like we just had, right? And we, we feel unencumbered and, and it's a place that we can, we can have difficult discussions. We, we can have first drafts of discussions in mm -hmm. a way. We can let our hair down a bit. Uh, without fear of judgment or ridicule or, or these other things because it's a group of people who, who understand us to a certain extent. Now, we not, might not always agree, they might not agree with us and we accept that, right? But it's a smaller group of people and what we've realized is this thing has grown significantly. In the last mm -hmm. four months, our Patreon has doubled in size and I'm assuming that with that trajectory, we're going to get to that cap relatively soon. When, I don't know. But I want to curate an audience. And mm -hmm. we, we figured out a number that was our minimum viable audience, as, as Seth Godin might call it, right? Mm -hmm. And say, hey, that, that's enough for us. Mm -hmm. And it makes sense because growing for the sake of growth, is I mean, that's cancer, right? If you're just growing to grow to grow, uh, why are you growing? And for us, this is a, a place that allows us to pay podcast Sean and Jordan and Jess and the studio space and also ourselves and, and have this podcast 100% advertisement free, but we don't need to grow in perpetuity. And I like having this small space where we can test out new ideas without having to worry about, well, can't believe I just said that. I thought it was because we came up with an algorithm and figured out that happiness. 6,000 patrons. <laughs> Is that in your book? <laughs> so we figured out what enough was for us. And so you're welcome to join us there. Patreon.com slash The Minimalist if you want. Uh, otherwise, you can keep listening to The Minimal episodes as well. If you have a question, comment, or minimalism tip for our podcast, leave us a voicemail, 406-219-7839, or send a voice memo to podcast at theminimalists.com. You can comment on this episode at youtube.com slash theminimalists. If you want our show notes in your inbox, sign up for our email list over at theminimalists.com, and you'll also receive our simple Sunday emails each week. And for our added value this week, let's listen to a song from the king of positive music, happy music. This is like dance floor to wedding music for sure. I'm like, wait, I have an album out? Uh, <laughs> uh, Jason Mraz, he, uh, every time, like, he's, he's one of these guys that is sort of like relatively one track music, but does happy music really, yeah. really well. Yeah. And I didn't know he came out with a new album last year. It's called No is the oh, name of either. the album. Cool. And I, I turned it on. Uh, when I was picking Bex and Elle up from the airport a couple weeks ago, and like uh, Elle is just in the back seat dancing, she's singing the words, doesn't even know the words, and she's like singing along with it, oh, and it's like that's great. It does change the way that you feel all of a sudden. Like you can be in this negative sort of mood, you turn on a Jason Mraz song, and all of a sudden you're feeling you're feeling a bit more positive. So Christmas he, does that too. Sorry, Christmas yeah. music, yeah. yes, yeah. yes indeed. Uh, here, here is "Have It All" from uh, Jason Mraz's latest album, No. And if you leave here today with just one message. We hope it's this. Love people and use things because the opposite never works. Thanks for listening, y'all. We'll see you next time. Bye.
have auspiciousness and causes of success. May you have the confidence to always do your best. May you take no effort in your being generous. Sharing what you can, nothing more, nothing less. May you know the meaning of the word happiness. May you always lead from the beating in your chest. May you be treated like an esteemed guest. May you get to rest, may you catch your breath. Or may the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Whoa. Or may the road less paved be the road that you follow. Oh. Well, here's to the hearts that you're gonna break. Here's to the lives that you're gonna change. Here's to the infinite possible ways to love you. Keep the chaos and the clutter off your desk. May you have unquestionable health and less stress. Having no possessions, no immeasurable wealth. May you get a gold star on your next test. May your educated guesses always be correct. And may you win prizes shining like diamonds. May you really own it each moment to the next. Or may the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Whoa. Or may the road less paved be the road that you follow. 